twisting the fork here. You're twisting. <laughs> I, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stay away from that question. I Fair personally. Enough. All right, guys. It has. Uh, it's definitely been a while, but but we're back. We've got Tyson McGuffin on today. Obviously, I've been chasing him down for forever. But you know, in the time since our last episode, I regret to inform you that my duper has dropped to a four six five. Uh, but that's just because my big win over um, Brandon Insect Pong and Stefan Avergne, I think is how I say his name. Uh, you know, they they didn't want to accept the the match in in Duper, but me and DJ Young took care of him. So, you know, my Duper, I think it should be like a four eight, but it is what it is. Uh, I want to talk to you guys quickly about Fit Aid Energy too. So FitAid Energy boosts the original sports recovery ingredients in FitAid with 200 milligrams of clean caffeine from green tea. Branch chain amino acids, turmeric, electrolytes, vitamins, and clean caffeine come together in four deliciously electric flavors that are naturally sweetened with only 15 calories. It's the performance energy drink for athletes, fitness buffs, or anyone else looking for a clean, effective boost. Visit LifeAidBevCo.com today, and you can save 20% and get free shipping on your first order plus with our exclusive coupon code dink20 dink is all caps 20 it's uh one word use that at checkout that's lifeaidbevco.com and code dink20 for 20 percent off plus fast free shipping the future of energy drinks is here welcome to energy 3.0 uh if you guys haven't checked out our new podcast it feels right with adam stone and rob nunnery um, go do it right now. It's hilarious. I could listen to Adam Stone all day long. I'm waiting for the Calm app to hire him to do, uh, you know, his own like uh, bedtime story thing because I would listen to that every night. But go check out our uh, new podcast. It feels right. And uh, let's get back to the show. And we should be live. What's going on, Thomas? What's up, bro? All right. First of all. Let me make sure my mic is working because, you know, as I just told you, it's it's been a little bit since we've uh, since we've recorded. Can you hear me? OK. Yes, sir. I can hear you uh, nice and clear. Cool. I've been uh, chasing you down again on this podcast for some time. So what's been your issue? What's your problem? Uh, I just I just don't like you. You know what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, now we have uh, now we have a, uh, a mutual uh, a mutual connection in Selkirk that forces you to come on my podcast. So. Yeah, it's right. It's right. <laughs> the, uh, the Barnes well, boys. Yeah, man, they're the they're the best. But Good. let's give you a little bit of uh, an introduction here. Uh, to be honest, I don't think you need much of one. Uh, but I opened up your newsletter this morning, and I was kind of reading through it, and I saw I saw something. And I was like, I think that'd be perfect, right? So it's it's three things: you're an athlete, you're a dad, and you're a coach. On the athlete side, you're you're number one in men's singles right now. You've been ranked as high as uh, number one in in doubles. On the dad side, you're a, a dad to four kids, correct? Uh, four and no more. Yes, correct. <laughs> okay, God, good, good, good to know. Uh, you are a, uh, a husband to Megan, who on many occasions you've you've also mentioned is uh, you know somewhat of a, a business partner to you, which I think is really cool. And then you're a coach too, yeah. right? You've got your signature camps. I watch your YouTube videos. I think you're one of the best instructors. I think I think one and two are you and uh, and Simone. And uh, not only that, I, I think you've you know you've taken some other pro players under your wing. So you're coaching not only amateurs but but other pros. And uh, generally, man, I I think uh, 
I'll give you your your flowers while you're here. I think you are uh, setting a precedent for how players should build their brands in the sport, doing some really cool things. And so the goal here today is just to to dive into that and get an understanding for who you are, how you're building your business within pickleball and uh, anything else that uh, that comes up. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, as we all know, there's not enough money to uh, just play as an athlete. Obviously, it's heading in the right direction. So the last, you know, seven years, I've, I've probably hustled more than the uh, rest of the industry. And yeah. uh, with that being said, yeah, kind of starting starting from the very beginning, um, when I first started playing pickleball, I was living in Yakima, Washington. I was the head tennis pro at a club there, cranking out 60, 70 hours a week of, uh, of tennis. And then I wanted to do more pickleball, fell in love with pickleball. There was a gentleman at my tennis club um, and he introduced me to pickleball. And uh, as with most tennis players, once I got a little taste, I fell in love and I wanted to start teaching pickleball in Yakima. The uh, management at the club there was very tennis driven and they didn't really allow me to spread my wings. I ended up making the move to Coeur d'Alene. Got it. It's where I it's where I met my princess and had a couple kiddos and uh, moved to uh, yeah Coeur d'Alene. I was working at Peak Tennis in Hayden as a head tennis pro, kind of doing half and half, and um, and then uh, ended up moving clubs. Went to a club in Spokane, worked as a director, <clears throat> and then I soon found out when I was working as a director, I was like only really at my job from like Monday through Wednesday. I'd fly out Wednesday night, play a tournament, maybe teach a camp on a Monday Tuesday. So anyhow, I was getting paid a salary and I was never there. So I was definitely doing them a uh, disservice, if you know what I mean. So mm -hmm. I ended up, uh, I ended up resigning and taking a job at Level Up Pickleball Camps and uh, worked for Wayne Dollar for about a, a year and a half. Um, my my first year with Wayne, I believe this is by far probably the most camps that have been taught in one year. I did forty, actually no, I did forty-five three-day camps. By the end of the year, I was completely brain dead. Um, and uh, and then COVID hit. When COVID hit, obviously, uh, you know, I got sent back to Coeur d'Alene, couldn't do a whole lot for a couple months. Um, I thought I'd put my big boy pants on and do my own thing. And with that being said, uh, I ended up leaving Level Up, still have a very good relationship with Wayne Dollard, and um, uh, met with a videographer here in Coeur d'Alene, got super active, bought all my podcast equipment, probably spent like 10 or 15K just on pod uh, podcast equipment, moved to studio a couple times, as, as most people know, and uh, also K-Mac and I came up with like 150 different common tendencies that we see teaching camps that we see uh, kind of at, at all levels. And so with that being said, we ended up, um, we probably spent, I don't know, three weeks cranking out like six, seven hour days with my videographer, trying to be as sharp as we can, doing a bunch of content. Right, right. So anyhow, so we gathered all that content, got the YouTube channel going, got my LLC for my, for my camp business. And so obviously we kind of used we kind of use the free content and use the YouTube channel as a feeder program to get people into camps and to kind of get people to kind of see what I'm doing. And obviously, as you mentioned, you know, my, my brand is the athlete dad and the coach. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, man. A, a story that most people do not know is that I spent all this money on my podcast equipment, cranked out all these videos. I'm paying my videographer and I, I bought all this merchandise, got my camp business going. Uh, and I promoted all my camps, put them online. And like three months in, I wasn't getting any signups. And I'm like, yeah, literally, I'm literally like uh, 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 losing myself, feeling very insecure, right. uh, think, thinking like, like, should I not have made this move? Like, should I just stay with level up? Like, am I, am I not the guy? Mm -hmm. And then, um, 
yeah, once people started watching uh, more of my content, once I started getting more subscribers on my YouTube channel, then camp signups came. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we've been doing camps for the last two and a half years. I would say my first year, I was, I think I led 20 camps my first year. We we're getting anywhere from like 16 to 24 people. Uh, now we're, yeah, two and a half or three years in, I'm getting uh, consistently anywhere from like 40 to 56 people. Uh, KMAC's first year of teaching. Uh, KMAC also leads camps for me. John Sperling also leads camps. Uh, KMAC right now is getting anywhere from like 16 to 24 people. And and talk about like the YouTube channel blew KMAC up. KMAC was like a top 30 guy. Nobody really knew of of Kyle. Uh, obviously, he, he kind of coached me a little bit in singles. But uh, Kyle got blown up through the YouTube channel, being in my educational videos, being the co-host of my podcast, coached me on the sideline. Now he's doing some commentating for PPA. So like now I'm in a great position where I'm taking a big step back next year doing like, you know, anywhere from four to six camps. KMAC is going to be slaving away on the road, probably doing 30 to 30 to 35. Sperling's like going to do, yeah, and Sperling's going to do 10 or 15. So um, like I was able to kind of build my, build my guy up just through free content. And now I'm in a, yeah, like I just mentioned, now I'm in a great position where I can take a big step back and KMAC can kind of run the show. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've definitely established your brand. I love that you say that there was this, this there was this, like this, uh, this moment of doubt when you first launched. You were three, you were three <laughs> months in, and you were like, "Man, there's no traction. There's no signups," yeah, and you're sure, sort man. of you're sort of starting to, to question your your decision, right? right? But anybody who's ever started anything knows that it doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's a true. slow build. You have to be patient, and you got to put the work in. No, very true. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then also too, you know, I have a, I mean, I probably have five or six people on, on staff right now, you know, agent, content creator, videographer. Uh, we have a personal assistant, have my wife, um, you know, I have uh, two lead pros. I have a couple of assistant pros. So it's a lot going on, but yeah, as cool. of now, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're pumping out content four or five days a week. My, my content creator also manages soccer TV. His name's Cooper deck, total stud. Um, and uh, Cooper essentially kind of manages my social media calendar, checks in with my videographer. Um, yeah. Here, here, here coming up, kind of his his new deal because I have way too much going on. Is uh, not only is he going to manage all my platforms, but for the podcast, he's going to schedule with my guests. He's going to uh, put it on the calendar. He's going to get all their information. We're going to send all my guests merchandise and stuff like that. Love it. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So that way, I don't really have to touch it. He manages not only my content, yeah, yeah. but you know, all my guests and the scheduling and all the above. Right, right, right. So there was a while where you were sort of just, um, you know, you were just trying to get traction in all these different places. And now you're at a point where you even said you get to take a step back. You yep. get to put people in place, put some of the stuff on autopilot and, and in some ways kind of free up some of your, your own time and just enjoy what, what you've built, right? You're starting to see the, the dividends and you can, you can take a step back. Very much so, you know, and then also too, as we all know, the sports line getting younger, um, you know, daddy McGuffin is only getting a, only getting a touch older, not, not all that much yeah. older, but, uh, with How that being you, 30, said, are you 34? I, I'm 32, 32 oh, really? with, some with some, with some fresh pearly whites. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. I, uh, <laughs> I but, might have to take uh, a yeah. page out of your book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So next year, you know, just with, uh, the level getting better with me trying to stay as relevant as possible. You know, with with more money coming in on the uh, pro tour, um, I'm taking a big step back teaching, obviously, and kind of letting uh, things run on autopilot, like you mentioned. But I'm going to spend more time training. Like I've spent the last seven years, bro, 
with like nobody in my area. I mean, basically yeah. I have, I have a bomb machine. I have my left hand and, uh, and uh, you know, I have this, uh, uh, 65 year old guy named Jimmy who's, who's a four or five that will do some drilling, but it's not ideal. So like, you know, yeah. I've, I've been, been at the top and I've had no upside. I have nobody to train with. So like next year, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna live the same story. You know, I probably have five or seven years left playing. Like if I'm going to do it the right way, I'm going to work my ass off. I'm not going to teach as much. There's enough sponsor revenue coming in now. So next year I'm trying to get guys to move to me or simply all uh, leave like a week early for a tournament, go down to Salt Lake city, train down there. I mean, there's plenty of people down there, go to Austin. Kuhn offered me a house at dreamland. So next year I'm taking the athlete side a lot more serious and um, I'm looking to beat up on some boys. I like it. Um, okay. I want to, I want to like dive into that a little bit more, right? So you sort of, you sort of outlined your org structure. You got a few different people working with you. You have a few different business lines. Can you name all your revenue streams? If I were to guess, it's going to be the camps, your sponsorships, your appearance and, and wins. If you, you have a good outing and then yep. you, I know you have kind of like a hybrid clothing brand with Selkirk, which I'm sure you're making some, some percentage on. And then you have kind of like you know, the creator revenue, which I would classify as like, uh, you know, money that you're making directly from like YouTube views or some of these other platforms. Did I miss Correct. anything? Yeah, no. Um, no, I don't, I don't think you did. Um, you know, we have a title sponsor for the podcast. We have a title sponsor for the, for the camps. Um, I'm trying to get a title sponsor for the educate. I'm, I'm trying to get all my businesses just decked out in sponsors. Right. And not, not only title sponsors, sure. but product sponsors as well. Yeah. Um, and, and me as an athlete, so yeah, I mean, I'd, pro I'd probably say like the, the biggest source of revenue coming in right now is sponsors, camps, uh, prize money, appearance fees. Um, but, hey, for, um, the, for the brand, you should say the biggest revenue stream is your, uh, your, uh, your winnings. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I, you know, if I didn't have Ben in the way, it, it, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, if, if Ben was never around, I would be the ultimate legend. Okay. Yeah. If, if that, if that guy was, you know. Ben, Ben, just leave. Okay. Just, just leave, man. Yeah, I mean, right. the guy's, the guy's 10 years younger. He's got no children. He's taking all my money and, um, and he's a pretty cool dude. And I wish I didn't like him, but I, but I have plenty of respect for him. Um, yeah. Well, well, like you, he's helping to advance the court. I think there's definitely benefit to all yeah. involved when, when that happens, right? You guys are all yeah, building this thing. Of course. Um, but yeah, so, uh, me as an athlete, I probably have Eight sponsors right now, you know, um, Skechers, uh, Selkirk, Chicken and Pickle is probably some of the bigger ones. Yeah. Um, I, ha I have some equity in some of those. Uh, I have some royalties in some of those. Um, you know, I probably have two or three sponsors that, that match, match prize money as well. So, you know, we're, we're continuing to push. Uh, I mean, the, the plan is, is to, is to reach, um, uh, is to, is to reach a, a, a certain payout come come uh 2023 and i feel like i'm almost there i'm not going to mention that payout but, but i'm definitely sitting pretty um and uh yeah man i'm, I'm just going to try being uh, i'm just going to continue being as creative as i can with the content right i start adding i'm going to start adding more guests on the pod like i just had sam query yesterday sam query was kind of nice, cool nice. He, was hang, he was he was hanging out in north idaho for like the last month and uh uh don't know if the pickleball world knows this but he uh is going to be making his pickleball debut come 2023 which is pretty sweet yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, like the next, I mean, you know, I'm like 46 episodes in right now on the, on the pod and primarily it's been K Mac and I bringing on a couple guests, 
but the new direction that I'm taking is I'm going to start bringing on just a lot more athletes and getting sure. different stories and stuff like that. Sure. So no, no, I, audience. I, I think that's totally interesting because like, and, and it's a bigger play for you. I mean, you're building this brand within pickleball. That's undeniable, but is there a way for you to build your brand as an athlete to transcend pickleball? And I think going after, you know, you just had some, some wide receiver on, I know you had a UFC guy on, you're yeah. talking to Ben Greenfield, who, who I love. He's the man, he's got a great audience. And I'm sure a lot ben, of them is are, the man. are pickleballers. Yeah. He's an interesting dude. Um, For sure. Very much so. And uh, so I, I think that's, but that's just another example of like how you're thinking outside of the box and you're doing things that, that other people aren't. So you talk about all the sponsors, right? You're cranking out this content. You're, you're growing your brand. Do you have a salesperson to go out there and, uh, you know, hit the phones and, and negotiate on your behalf or is uh, top notch managing that? You're for correct. You? Yep. Josh is my guy. Um, and I believe after I signed with top notch, I believe like five or six other players signed as well. So yeah, I, right. I kind of, yeah, it kind of helped uh, push some people into the right place. And, okay. um, but yeah, no, Josh is a great guy, man. Um, uh, top notch works with a uh, ton of tennis players and I believe runners. Um, some of the tennis players that they work with is John Isner, Riley Opelka. Um, cool. Cool. Uh, uh, Jennifer Brady, mm-hmm. Allison risk. And uh, yeah, so I've been with top notch the last year and a half. So Josh, Josh is my bulldog handles all my deals, takes his little percentage. Um, yeah, yeah. and you know, and as like something like my family, my wife and I were looking for, you know, with obviously having somebody kind of manage that, that, that space for us was somebody that like truly likes us, uh, follows my content, watches my podcast. Sure. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's love there. There's, there's loyalty there. Um, you know, versus there's plenty of agents out there that are just out for their 20%. So Right. Yo, so, okay. So you have this, this LLC, right? Are you, um, are most of the people that work with you, are they W2 or, uh, is this mostly like 1099, which is like, are they freelancers yeah. or are no, they? No, they're all, the they're all W2s. They're all W2s. Yep. Yeah. Right. So you're running this like a, a real business and, um, I don't know. I, I just, I find that super interesting. So going back over the different revenue streams, if you could say there's, there's one and two, Right. I would, again, because I, I like to just guess, I would guess that number one is the sponsorships. Number two would be your appearance fees and winnings as far as, as revenue streams go. Or is it maybe like the camps? Because I, I think the camps could be its its own business, right? But it's all rolled up into this LLC. So how do you right, look at that? Right. What's the ratio and what's bringing in the most cash for you? Yeah. Yeah. So sponsors. Um, yeah, definitely sponsors. And then camps. And, and then number three would be appearance fees and prize money. The camps are, I mean, camps is just a, I mean, it's kind of a cram session over a two day period. You know, I have 48 people, six hours each day, you know, probably 98% of my camp demographic is 55 plus as well. So, um, uh, but no, the, the camps are great. Now we're kind of in a position too, where we've partnered with, uh, chicken and pickle. We've partnered with PPA. We've partnered with discovery. So right. we, we, we get to save on expenses. We don't have to pay court fees and stuff like that. So there's, there's extra obviously coin and, and just more to the bag when you don't have to pay court fees and stuff like that. We get free balls from Franklin. We, we have a sponsorship from Franklin. So, um, no, I w I would say, you know, uh, being able to piggyback camps off of PPA events, like being able to show up to a PPA event, you know, like I'll usually show up Monday night, you know, practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, I'll do a free kids clinic. And then I'll, I'll, I'll 
you know, try to try to ball out through Thursday through Sunday. And then right. Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, I'll teach my 48 person camp. So it's a, it's a nice little bag that I can make over a, over a week period, you know? Love when you say that. It's a nice little bag. Yeah. We're chasing we're, the bag. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Which, uh, it's a grind. It's a hustle. Make it, it's a, make it as a pickleballer, a man. Which, uh, which of those are, are you most excited about? And like, wh- which one are you focused on, on building out at, at this moment most? Like, where's most of your energy? I mean, if competing, obviously, yeah, but. Right. No, no, for sure. So, so Mike, so my camp administrator handles all the camp stuff. I, I've taken cool. a big, yeah. uh, I've, I've let my foot off the gas, you know, with, with the camp stuff. They pretty much manage that. My content, uh, content creator pretty much manages all my content. Uh, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, you know, YouTube. Um, so my, did you say my, that's that's Cooper or that's somebody that, else? That is that is Cooper, correct? Yeah, and yeah. then Cooper's my editor, good. yep. So Cooper, you know, works for Selkirk as well. And then and then my right. editor uh, lives in Coeur d'Alene, also works for Selkirk. His name's Kevin. Um, um yeah, yes. Yeah. And so I, I I would say my main focus as of now with things being on autopilot and delegating and putting people in the right place. Now my sole focus is being in the gym, uh, being the best athlete that I can hanging out with the family and, uh, more so just, I guess, agent and just training, you know? Yeah. 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 All right. So you, you got your logo on your chest right there. Yep. Uh, what's, what's the arrangement for, for your brand that's still through Selkirk or did you branch branch way? Bro, that is, that is a tricky conversation. If you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> all right well so it sounds like it's it's um so so yeah c- correct yeah so i don't know how, how much i can actually talk about it but uh yeah so when i when i first started you know talking about a logo was working with selkirk um and yeah they they came up with the logo and when i and, and actually i mean a cool story is that when i got the deal from sketchers Rob and Mike could have totally said, no, you're not leaving because you're in contract yeah. for another year and a half. And I had my clothing right. line. I was all decked out. They were going to make me a shoe. I was going to be full head. They're going to make you a shoe. Bro. No, they're not no, their so, eyes on shoes. They want to do everything. Selkirk. Bro, they want everything. I, I mean, as of now, they're, you know, like they have this new net that uh, was, was seen this, this last weekend. You know, they have balls. Uh, I think they're coming out with the, with a teaching basket, you know, clothing, hats, apparently a shoe various paddles like bro they're they're fully in it right now yeah this is not an ad for selkirk but if i were to put my money in any one brand in in the in the sport it would be it would be them and i would say most of 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 note lately was like okay they actually stepped up their their paddle game um and uh you know sure yeah yeah and and not only like the the performance of them but everything they put out it's just so sleek looking. And I would say like similar to you, how you're sort of paving the way for a lot of these pros and how the brand should be. They're paving the way for these pickleball brands. And they're the first brand, in my opinion, that really looks like a brand from any other sport, right? They're not just this sort of like pickleball kind of mom and pop type thing where it's like, you know, they're just, they're testing things out. They're, they look like a real legit sports company. And no, uh, very much I think so. I think people should be should be looking to them as like the North Star uh, of like, you know, how do we build out a brand in this in this space? Because I would be like, listen, Selkirk has enough brand equity, in my opinion, and enough reputation that they could go into another sport right now. Like, why wouldn't they go into like a, a table tennis? And maybe they're a little ways off from that. And maybe I'm just, right. you know, biased. But, you know, I, I think the way they're building their company, they could do anything. 
evidenced by the fact that they're looking at doing shoes, which is which is wild. But let's talk about your your new paddle that you just started using. Um, which yeah, is, for sure. What, what, what's that one? Um, so yeah, I just started using the Power Air. Um, you know, as most of the uh, uh, Selkirk uh, customers or Selkirk users know, I was with my O2 for a solid two years. Um, and I was kind of in a position just teasing my, everybody because well, nobody, nobody else could use that thing. And you were just out there like crushing it, swinging away. Yeah. Uh, but before they made the OO2, I was in a position where I just like most of the Selkirk paddles didn't have a whole lot of power. You know, I, I used my, I came out with my signature, uh, uh, in, in Victor amp back in 2018, used that for two years and then switched yeah. to the Vanguard power. And, uh, anyhow, so you know, uh, I was kind of in a position where, you know, like the hand speed was getting better. Guys were starting to drive a bit more, be a lot more offensive, bring in more attacks and stuff like that. And I kind of felt like I just wasn't playing with a paddle that gave me like an advantage. So I, I was knocking on Robin Mike's door for the longest time saying, bro, like I'm, I'm only getting older. You have to give me a sword, but like, give me something easy to play with. Give me something that has best, best of both worlds. Something that has good spin, good feel, but also just a ton of pop. Yeah. So so I loved Ben's uh, Franklin. I also loved the Model E Electrum. And mm-hmm. so we, we kind of made something in the middle of that. Came out with the 002 the first year that I used it. It didn't have any grit on it. This last year, they ended up putting on like a spray paint uh, texture that gave it some grit. Uh, anyhow, so all these players signed with the 002. And uh, the funny thing is that I was really not ready to use the power. I was totally won over on the 002. The power air kind of got pushed in my hands to a certain degree. I, I wasn't too happy about it uh, <laughs> at the start, but I yeah. kid you not, bro. Like the last month I've been playing with it. Like to me, it feels like the 02 and the 03 were at third base, ended up going to home run. They ended up having a baby. And that, and that baby is, really? is the power air. It, easier to play with. It's got a bigger hitting zone. It's got the, uh, the same spray on texture as the 02. Um, edgeless, bigger cutout, should feel a bit more aerodynamic. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I feel like uh, I'm kind of back to my roots where I'm playing better defense. I'm able to scramble better, um, but I'm but I'm still not losing power on the serve. I'm still not losing shape on the serve. And also, too, if somebody comes at me, like I'm still getting plenty of pop with my hands. So right. um, granted, like I used to play with my 002. I was probably weighing it like eight three to eight five with the power air. I'm probably like nine ounces to like nine two. Yeah. So um, I, I had to you know probably add like an extra half an ounce on there, but, uh, now I'm definitely one over. Cool. I like it. I want to go back to your, um, I want to go back to your brand, uh, a little bit more because I, I do, I find that so interesting one, just because, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a business owner. I'm thinking about my own brand. So I look at you and I, I look at what you're doing and I say, okay, you know, what can we, what can we borrow from this? But you know, if I'm a, if I'm a pro in the space, I'm probably looking to you as, you know, what are some things that Tyson's doing that helps set him apart that I could do when you kind of look around the landscape of the different pros, a lot of them are starting to take steps doing more on social media, very much uh, so interviews sure. and things like that. But like, right. what are some of the the easy things that other pros could be doing to help build their brands? I think pickleball needs to get to a place where these pro players do have their own brands. I mean, that's validation for the sport in itself, but what are some things they could be doing like right off the bat? Yeah, that, uh, you think you'd just be better across the board? That's a great question, Tom. Yes, yeah, so I think first and foremost, like, I, I mean, I've gotten so many good things and I've gotten um, great support and I have a huge fan base. 
when I'm at tournaments, I, I don't take myself too serious. I'm, I'm signing autographs. I'm talking to people. I'm shaking throwing hands. paddles, throwing, throwing paddles. paddles to, uh, I'm the, to I'm, the I'm the, I'm the nicest guy out there. I'm super approachable. So, and, and yeah. I, I, I don't have a great memory, but when it comes to campers, for some reason, I, uh, am very good with camper names. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, when you're, when you're in a setting and you're in public, uh, don't be larger than life. Don't, don't think you're bigger than anybody. Right. Uh, nobody, nobody's making sick money yet, you know? Um, and, and, uh, yeah, I think just, just be real, be authentic, be organic. I mean, all that stuff goes such long ways. Uh, small things in life have, have given me a lot. And then, you know, on the, uh, on the content side, like, don't be afraid just to be like authentic with your stories. Like, I'm, right. I'm, I'm posting raw stories all day of my family, me playing. Like I could, I could yeah. give two shits. I could give two shits what people think about my stories. People think about my content. Like, uh, I guess if you're insecure about posting, it's only going to hurt you. Like I, I, I'm very bold. I shoot from the hip. I could care less what people think. Yeah. That's who I am. That's made me who I am. And, and, yeah. and people, people love that, man. People love that raw or organic, not taking yourself too serious type of type of personality. Um, but I think, yeah, just don't be afraid with your content, get it out there, look to be consistent, uh, make it a little different. And, um, I mean, just, you know, put some effort in. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the, the balance of authenticity, which I, I think you have, and then, but also being, of course, right. I, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say calculated, but you're, you're aware of, Hey, when I'm out there, when I'm on the court and, you know, I get close to the sidelines, like I'm interacting with the fans for sure. When, when people come up to you, you're like, you know, it's, it's like, you've known them for forever is like, talk to me about how you think about just being that, that person. Is it, is it easy for you? Is it something you've had to like work on? Yeah, bro. If you, so my, so my dad, when you're competing, I, just not to interrupt you, but when you're competing out there and you're trying to win and it's so intense, it's really tough to then flip the switch mid match and be like the guy everybody loves, right? Like that is a challenge. So how, how yeah. do you, how do you balance that stuff? Yeah, for sure. And I think too, even like, so my best self when I'm playing is when I'm like half intense and then I'm, um, yeah, I guess uh, just like not seeing pickleball as like, that's my only thing. Like when I right. have some gratitude or or when, uh, yeah, I just, I guess when I don't take it so serious and I'm half intense and I'm half just playing around, joking around, talking a little trash, that that suits me my best. Like I I, I play my best when it's kind of half and half. Uh, if if anybody in the pickleball world were to, were to meet my dad, they would totally know where my character comes from. My, my dad passed away about seven years ago, but uh this guy was such a character, man. He'd talk everybody's ear off. He was never serious. Um, he was high on life, loved people. And, right. uh, you know, I, I would say my uh, character and my, my personality definitely uh, kind of comes from, come from Papa Randy. Got it. But. Interesting. Um, all right. So when you look around the landscape right now and you're looking at these different pros coming into the space, you're playing, you know, a lot's changing and a lot's going to change in, in the next three years, but you're still playing singles, mixed and gender. Is there going to be a point where you, you take a step? I mean, you said, you, you know, you're, you're 32. Uh, a lot of these players are, it's like, it, it's got to seem to you like everybody's just getting younger and more talented. Is there going to be a moment where you say, hey, listen, it's, it's a strategic decision. I think I can still compete at a high level in all three. 
but right. I'm going to isolate these two or this one event and I'm going to be the best at that. And I'm going to let the others go because that's a, a more strategic decision. Like, is there going to be a point in the near future where, where that happens? Or are you just you know going to be Tom Brady? <laughs> you know, bro, I like that, that inner dog in me, you know, like growing up and the whole individual aspect of, of wrestling and, and like the mono a mono type type deal. Uh, yeah. Like singles always has a, has a place in my heart. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think, you know, if I'm 37, 38, I'm losing first or second round and not able to win a lot of matches in singles. I'm, I'm pretty prideful. I don't, I don't know if I'd be able to kind of, you know, uh, swallow that down. So uh, yeah. I'm going to try to play as long as I can, obviously. Um, and you know, that, that inner, uh, toughness in me always, always wants to play singles, but, um, but yeah, I, I would assume that once I'm not able to win as many matches or, um, you know, I'm not getting to the quarters and stuff like that, then I will, I will gladly bow out. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, Anna Lee had a, had an interview the other day after she won, I think a triple crown and maybe it was Hannah was just asking about the grind and even Anna Lee at, at her age, you know, 15 is like, yeah, it is, it is a grind. How do, how do sure. you think I about mean, that? And like, do you think there's going to be specialization? Like, how do you think that's going to progress? Well, you know, I'm not in a position where I'm, consistently uh winning a triple crown on uh sunday <laughs> yeah. so i don't I, so I don't i don't have to play 15 games on a on a sunday yeah. if you know what i mean right. but uh i mean yeah bro it's a it's a total grind um you know but that's that's kind of where we're at in the sport right now there's not enough money just to play one event uh there's there's not enough in in appearance fee just to play one event and get your appearance fee so i think most of us are going to continue the grind until you know we can we can make it just in one event or i guess there's enough money just for one event um you know take a look at tennis and um you know most of the very you know most of the high level doubles guys on the atp tour only play doubles right and right. most of the high level singles guys only play singles because there's you know plenty of money i was talking to i was talking to sam yesterday it was kind of funny sam uh, was on my podcast yesterday and uh I was asking Sam, like, what was his biggest payout? And he said, 2017, he made the semifinals of Wimbledon. And guess how much he got for a semifinals at Wimby back in 2017? Guess how much? So my my guess would be like 50 grand, but I have no idea. Bro, 800. 800 bucks? 800. No, 800 grand. Oh, Jesus. That's, I mean, you can retire on that. Right. And I, and I was like, I was like, Sam, you know how much, you know how much, my biggest payout is for winning a grand slam on the PPA tour. Mm -hmm. Sam's like, no. And I said, a whopping five grand. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, and then, I mean, bro, uh, crazy thing too, like us open this year. Um, if you're, if you're in the top one Oh four, just for showing up first round, if you lose first round, you're guaranteed 80, not too shabby. So, so if you're Wait, in the say top, that again. say that again, Wait, say, say yeah, that yeah. Again. so yeah. So if you, so if you're in the top uh, 104, whether it's uh, WTA or ATP, men or women, uh, if you show up to a major and you lose first round, you're guaranteed 80K. Not Tennis. too fucking shabby. Tennis, correct. Tennis. Okay. I thought we were talking pickleball. No, no, no. no. I was like, what billionaire just bought the US Open? That's absurd. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, I mean, just for being in like the top 100 in tennis, like, like you're guaranteed 320 a year yeah. just for showing up to four majors. Yeah, when I when I hear that, I go. Imagine if you were to uh, imagine if you were to show up. You know, you did you did decently well, and you walked away with you know three hundred twenty grand or or whatever you just said. Right. What do you do? 
you get say, sorry, Selkirk, but uh, yeah, no, this this brand is mine. And you just invest that into like building <laughs> like the next, you know, like you could do so right. much with that. Um, for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder if the if the sport will ever get to a point like that. And maybe that's a maybe that's a good thing to talk about here is like, what's your outlook for for pickleball, the professional side and how that's progressing? I think viewership. It's not there yet to justify some of the numbers that these tours are demanding from sponsors. What's what's going to happen, and and what's maybe like the timeline? I think I think everybody's thinking that same thing. I think yeah. uh, you know having a more defined player council, you know, makes a lot of sense. You know, having a, having a governing body that like gets along. And everybody sees eye to eye and not just his head honcho who nobody, I mean, bro, it's just a, it's just a complete disaster right now. Yeah. Uh, now there's, you know, there's so many good things to it, but there's also so many red flags. You know, you have competing tours, you have MLP, um, you know, you have billionaires fighting. Uh, That's the most interesting thing, by the way. I mean, my God, I mean, if they could, if everybody could just see eye to eye, like yeah. how much money could be on the table, if they could just put their swords away um yeah it's too bad bro uh but i mean yeah w you know when is that uh time where where it, it's all under you know one one tunnel or it's all kind of down one path I, I i have no idea i mean four to six years from now but i mean it seems like intersport now is doing a great job with app now they're starting to like define and polish up the app tour mlp is only getting more owners i i just found out about one of the new owners i mean freaking insane insane so um yeah i mean there's so much good to it but also um there's just too much pride as well yeah well at any moment too it's like you know the saudis could come in and launch their own pickleball league then <laughs> come on <laughs> bro bro i mean isn't that, isn't that crazy what's being thrown around over there yeah oh it's wild but it shows that like even a legacy tour like the pga can be disrupted so you know who cares who the like yeah obviously you want to be the front runner right now the ppa wants to be the best mlp wants to be the best but ultimately, at any moment, if there's enough money on the table, you know, you could away. be disrupted, right? So there could be a moment where, hey, that happens. Like some complete outside who's just like, screw it. I'm throwing all this, you know, I'm, I'm throwing billions to make the next big. And then it's like PPA and MLP all, all of a sudden, yeah, they're best friends. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, APP is right. coming into the mix and they're like, how do we survive, right? Yeah. So, That's um, funny. Yeah, no, for sure. But I, I think uh, I think one day, you know, if it does get to uh, if it does get to the level we all want it to get to, it's going to be a hell of a, a Netflix documentary talking about these early days and the and the back and forth. I don't know that there's been an, an instance where there's these two, I mean, two billionaires who, uh, you know, they just love this sport so much. And the the problem with them already being successful is like. They're not thinking, hey, let's match up because it's better for both of us. It's like, nah, like I don't need the money. I just want to win. I want to create the next cool thing. Like that's their incentive, right? So yeah. the idea of them ever coming together, it I I don't see it ever happening. <laughs> I, I I really don't. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you when you when you think about playing uh, PPA versus MLP, how do you how do you evaluate that? How do you make that decision? I mean, you're a PPA guy, you're number one right. in singles and you're, they very much are pushing your brand all the time. Right. Uh, you know, you're, you're an asset. How do you evaluate where you're going to play and, and why? 
I'm number one in singles, but I but I can't seem to beat J Dub or Ben, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um they they're pretty good. Um but yeah, hey, so, listen, that by the way, you know, that being number one isn't just about having the most talent. It's about putting in the hours, grinding it grinding it out week in, week out, and hanging around those top ranks, right? Like that's that's what matters just as much as just going out there and being no, a crazy course, talent. So thank you for that, Thomas. Hey, sorry, what was your question again? PPA and MOP, sorry. Yeah, how do you evaluate where you're gonna play? Right, right. So so yes. Yeah, so, yep. Someone like myself, you know, I uh I, uh, you know, signed a deal, so I'm, I'm, uh, you know, obligated to, uh, stay within that deal and, yep. uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, who knows who signed and who didn't, I mean, there's just so many rumors going around and yeah, uh, I most, you know, it's tough to, tough to believe kind of what's, what's being said, but someone like myself, I'm unable to play MLP as with Ben, as with uh, a lot of the top PPA guys. And, um, you know, we're, we're not too happy about it because, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest prize pool right now in, in pickleball is that hundred K, uh, team deal. If you win MLP, obviously this year, there's three of them next year, there's six of them. Um, so, I mean, the potential to win, you know, I mean, 75 K this year, winning all three events is huge, you know, yeah. um, something, something that I don't know if I can talk too much about it, but something that PPA is doing, don't know if it's been promoted or not, uh, is they're going to do their own team event in Vegas. Yeah. They, um, they released some stuff about it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and obviously I can't talk about my guarantee and stuff for that, but, um, I'll just say that I am taken care of and, um, it's a, uh, it's an equalizer to MLP, if you know what I mean. And it's just one event. Right. Right. Well, so my clarification on something, didn't the, the PPA indicate that you guys would be able to play MLP at one point? Now, if I'm the PPA, no shot, I'm letting you guys play MLP. So I totally understand that decision. But right. when... But, you know, I, I don't know if we go back eight months or, or whatever. Weren't, weren't you extending MLP? Uh, you're yeah, you don't twisting, have to answer that. <laughs> twisting the fork here. You're twisting. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to I'm going to stay away from that question. I Fair personally. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it's safe for someone like myself to just uh, not not say much here. But, yes, I would love to play as with most of the players, but we're just obligated to our contract and we have to play PPA events. We obviously got to play U.S. Open this year, but we got to play U.S. Open this year because Dundon had talked to the organizers at U.S. Open and right. um, were able to kind of fine-tune things and uh, make it a bit more uh, player-appropriate and give us some perks and benefits. And, and anyhow, so so Dundon, you know, uh, talks to these organizations and then, then we can uh you know play other events but yeah. uh if if the communication doesn't take place and obviously then we can then we can't play uh -huh. uh, okay ready total total pivot here why are you why are you why'd you land in idaho and as yeah. you said you know there's not a lot of talent there for you to compete um what uh what what about idaho <laughs> so <laughs> yes question. really sophisticated no, question there but i'm just curious so Southern, so as, as most people know, or I guess, uh, you know, if you, if you travel to uh, Idaho, Northern Idaho is, is by far the, the best part of Idaho. Boise's okay. Southern Idaho stinks, but we're in this little hidden gem, uh, called Lake Coeur d'Alene. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's beautiful, man. Like I'm, I'm a big mountain guy. Uh, we live on five acres. Uh, we got a bunch of pine trees in our backyard, a bunch of cool trails and stuff for, for the kiddos. Uh, my, my wife owns a business here. She's getting ready to sell her business. And, oh, nice. uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a, 
just a good place to raise kids. We got our home. We're nice and established. We're going to build courts in the backyard. Um, so I, I, I mean, uh, this is a, a perfect spot for us. I, I grew up in a small little lake town in central Washington called Lake Chelan. Uh, and then, uh, obviously moved to a bigger lake town, but I've always kind of grown up, you know, in a, in a small, small city or small town that's, you know, less than like 50,000. So, uh, Coeur d'Alene has been great for us. Good for the kids. Um, you know, yeah, building, building courts in the backyard so I can, I can do my educational videos there. I can, I can bring people to me. Uh, and on, and on top of that, just in, in my wife and I's eyes, uh, Coeur d'Alene is like the beautiful or is like the uh, best, best part of uh, kind of, kind of what we have going on. Just a, just a pretty area. So, yeah, I, uh, I grew up going to, uh, Victor, Idaho and, uh, okay. you know, we don't go there anymore, but I spent a lot of time there and, uh, I'm an, I'm an Idaho fan. All right. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about gambling. Uh, what do you know? Is it coming? I mean, I assume it is with this DraftKings and the MGM commercials and they're doing the stuff in Vegas. They're partnering with right. MGM. Like it's gotta right. be rolling out here soon. Do you guys have any information on that? Yeah, so I mean, at the last tournament, I, I saw some of the DraftKings uh, banners and stuff. Um, I personally haven't heard a lot about it yet. I know uh, Pardo has been trying to work out that deal for the last couple of months. Yeah, uh, I, I believe they just solidified that deal, but the the pro the players have not been told anything yet. So um, I would I would assume that that once it's all said and done, we'll we'll be informed and we'll kind of have a better idea of what's what's going on, but. Uh, Obviously, it's cool for the sport. Uh, brings in a different audience. It's, uh, it's going to be a great whole, for the sport. Yeah, adds adds a whole new element. I mean, uh, no, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's some resistance to it. Just the idea of gambling, some people don't like. But uh, when you think about you know growing viewership, which we already alluded to as being an issue and kind of a hurdle for for pro pickleball, yeah. gambling that's uh, a pretty quick way to solve the the viewership issue. Right, um, pump it up. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to. Uh, to gamble on you once you're uh once once i'm allowed to put your money on me baby always on me come on <laughs> yeah, well, how, guy. How, how do you not uh how do you not bet on the guy in the crazy colors with the mullet and the stash who's barking all the time right i mean come on now <laughs> hey bro uh talk about talk about that barstool article uh yeah 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 like most electrifying I mean, man in sports so in 24 hours seven thousand followers on instagram Oh really? Oh, I mean, literally, like, like that. That's 7, awesome. 000, yeah. Like seven thousand brand new followers, um, four, four deals. But yeah, so did you? Did you? Did they reach out to you, or were no, you, you just like woke up and it was like, oh, I'm the most electrifying man in sports, according to one of the biggest <laughs> media entities in existence right now? No, bro. I was I was in uh, disgusting Brigham City, Utah, getting geared up for TOC. I uh, I, I practiced that Tuesday morning with James Ignatowicz. Yeah. And after we practiced, James had like told me that there was this article uh, on Barstool. And, and anyhow, I ended up getting to my car. And when I got to my car, I checked my phone. My, my phone was just blown up. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But, uh, but no, they, they, they didn't contact us at all. They just wrote the article. And it was pretty legendary. Um, and, uh, and, and I mean, PPA has been using that article with, with any uh, sponsors that they're tr- trying to have come in. My, right. my agent is cramming that article down all my sponsors throat. And, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I mean, it's true. Like, I mean, honestly, now we're just using that article and uh, able to talk to certain companies or able to kind of open certain doors that we weren't able to before. 
And right. it, it kind of, it, it definitely got us in the door. And it's funny, I was talking to Pardo last week and Pardo has been using that article like when he's, when he's talking to brands that are, that are, you For know, sure. looking to come. Yeah. So For sure. uh, not only is it benefiting me, it's benefiting the tour. I mean, it's, it's uh, great for pickleball. So. Yeah. What are, um, so when you, you know, you're, you're pretty decked out at this point. I mean, I don't know, maybe you get some like an earring sponsor or something like what are some of the the sponsors that you're going after right now that like, you, you know, it's, it's still, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. So, open. so watch, uh, yeah. Watch looking to get my sick. Looking to get you're my sponsored by Rolex. <laughs> right. A Roly on the wrist. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you got to play with, you got to play with a Rolex on. Uh, looking, I'm talking to this electrolyte company to try to get my face on my own drink. Um, yeah, car sponsor. Um, but yeah, bro. I mean, any you know, uh, obviously, I don't, I don't take free product anymore. There's a, there's a select number that I, that I like when I work with brands and stuff like that. Um, and and the and the cool thing that we have going on when we talk to brands is is. We say, hey, do you want to sponsor me as an athlete? You want to sponsor me as a coach? You want to right. sponsor the newsletter, the the podcast, right. you right. know, the camps. So, so we have, um, you know, my little deck now is is pretty pretty attractive to uh, brands, and we can market them through various, uh, you know, funnels. For sure. I mean, dude, I almost think you should you should hire. You should hire another person who just focuses on like it's like your chief revenue officer. Because you've got all these avenues that you could monetize right now, and you're monetizing a lot of them. And I'm sure that's a lot of work. It's a lot of conversations. It's a lot of negotiation. But I would venture to say that you're probably just by way of having limited capacity, leaving leaving cash on the table right now uh, by sure. not filling that inventory, if if you want to call it that. Um, there's a that's smart for sure. There's a lot of uh, yeah. There's a lot of interesting plays for you right now. Um, so in Idaho, you mentioned you got all that property. Sounds like you're, uh, you're building some courts in the, in the backyard there. Got a little cover. Yep. So we're, uh, bringing in, uh, the excavator probably the next couple months. We're going to knock down some trees, level everything out. Uh, we need to build the covered structure and then, uh, we're going to build, yeah, four courts kind of stacked. Uh, we'll have a viewing area. Um, I'll probably put in some like little sublets out there. That way, you know, if there's guys wanting to come train, uh, obviously I don't, I don't have people in that area. So something right. that I do, Thomas, I actually have, uh, I have a kid here from Iowa right now, staying with me to train for a week. Um, and, uh, anyhow, so I'm probably going to add some rooms to that, I guess, to my little facility. That yeah. way I can have, you know, guys come train, or if I have campers that, that want to come do a little two day private camp, they can stay in there, whatever. But you know, that way we're, we're all kind of decked up, maybe throw my podcast studio out there as well um but uh yeah cool stuff bro yeah well speaking of the studio um what are some of the so for your show it's the mcguffin show or is it the tyson yeah. MacGuffin show did you shorten it it's to called, the MacGuffin show i shortened it yes yeah. yes i did yeah that makes sense what are some of the guests coming up anybody you're going after right now you're like oh i want to get this guy and i know he plays yeah like yeah so i usually like like when i'm home i'll do like a four-hour block and i'll have my videographer uh come over and we got three cameras we're all set up um and uh yeah so uh like next thursday i have golden tate uh that's great so i i was gonna have him on because uh i'm a i'm a detroit lions fan he crushed it oh, yeah 
from a Notre oh, yeah. Dame family. So yeah. we've, we've known of Golden for a long time. G- he loves pickleball. G Tate, oh, he's a he's, he's a man. cool dude, man. I just I I just sent him a bunch of TM merch and and uh, yeah, decked him out in hats and shirts. Gave him one of my old signature paddles and stuff like that. So I'm having him on. Um, there's a UFC fighter. His name's Cody uh, Tanner Hill. I think it's his last name. He's like a, a top ten dude in his division. Plays pickle. Um, uh, there's a guy named, uh, smoke. He used to like, he, he used to run Macklemore's Instagram page. Okay. Uh, he, he used to run Waka Flocka's social media platforms. The Waka uh, Flocka follows us by the way. So I think he's kind of he, like somewhat ah! interested in, yeah, that was That's a weird funny. follow. I like looked at, like got the notification. It was like Waka Flocka flame followed you. I was like, why? <laughs> But. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So Lane, Lane now uh, works for like a cannabis company. He's sponsored by like a bunch of rolling uh, papers and and cannabis brands and stuff like that. He's got like right. five hundred thousand followers on on Instagram. Does a bunch of TikTok stuff. He's actually we're adding him to my content team just to kind of like give us some more, give us some different direction, give us some yeah. different looks, kind of help us out with hashtags and and just some of the research with like, um uh how to do certain reels how to be more creative with reels uh, right and anyhow so we're gonna uh he, he's gonna come on we're gonna probably talk more about social media marketing and his knowledge behind working with you know macklemore and waka flock and stuff like that so yeah i have four next thursday but yeah anytime that i'm home i usually bring my guy over uh and then we'll try to crank out like three or four in a row <clears throat> got it are you guys doing a lot with uh oh that's that's your i'm looking at your youtube channel right now are you guys doing a lot with shorts youtube shorts uh so i was posting youtube shorts on my channel but i was told not to post shorts and that it doesn't help the algorithm the opposite i I, know bro bro i've i know i've been so that's what i thought but i've talked to some people that work for youtube i've talked to lane that has a youtube channel i've talked to danny danny duncan also kind of helps me out danny duncan has like 10 million subscribers on youtube does a bunch of prank videos i've been told to not post shorts so so i i personally do not do short yeah so i i do not do shorts anymore um now pretty much per week we do a pod each week and then we do one educational video got it got it yeah man i mean you're you're putting out uh a lot of content and um i think one of the other things you can start to lean into is doing more as you already you already mentioned is like just paid content i know most of your growth's been organic at this point but i think you have enough of a foundation now where you can start to invest in and actually spend for for uh right. you know for advertising across these channels but for sure um for sure. nah man okay anything anything else uh you want to uh, chat about for the, for the dink viewers no uh if you guys want to sign up for a camp get your asses over to tysonmcguffin.com you can get kmac or you can get mcguffin uh, best, uh, best camps in the industry. Not only is K-Mac a good looking guy, but he's very knowledgeable and he'll even take his shirt off after a 12 hour camp. What a, what a freaking stud. <laughs> um, uh, but no, uh, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, we do boiler and breakdowns. We, we have a deal with, uh, Selker TV where we're able to take PPA live stream, do commentary over it. Uh, it's very educational. We add some humor to it. Uh, we have the MacGuffin show. We have the educational videos. I have a newsletter that goes out every Thursday. You can subscribe by going to my website. I have TM merchandise that uh, you can uh, find on my website as well. Last but not least, follow me on all my platforms. And uh, Thomas, thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah, man, this was this was awesome. Um, 
answered a lot of questions I've had for for a long time. I think people are going to enjoy this one. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, a lot of good questions. Thank you, bro. Yeah, man. Thanks.